Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Today, we're continuing our series on the four basic needs of followers, and today we're highlighting compassion. We're going to talk about how you as a supervisor can show compassion to the people you supervise and talk about why, if you can do that, you're actually going to increase the productivity of your team. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So last week we talked about trust and why that's so important for supervisors to establish with their team members. Today, we're going to look more in depth at compassion. So some of the words that people used in conjunction with this idea of compassion are caring, friendship, happiness, and even love. And so if we step back and kind of look at that from the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're really talking about those areas of love and belonging and esteem. Because what compassion is when they're talking about it in terms of followers' needs We're talking about treating your followers as people, not cogs in a machine, not little robots, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, who are just there to do rote tasks, but also making sure that people know that they matter. And so if you look at this from the perspective of engagement and going back to that Q12, which is Gallup's engagement survey, There are quite a few of the questions that are directly connected to this idea of compassion, to this idea of treating people as people, this idea of making sure they know that the work they do matters. And so just quickly, I'll run through the things that I think from the Q12 are directly impacted. And again, remembering that engagement is so important. It's important for students But it's just as important for our employees when we think about those important things like the productivity of our team members, the retention of our team members. How frustrating is it when you have to replace someone, when someone quits? And as I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, when people don't get their needs met, when they're disengaged, the people who leave are usually not the people you would like to leave. It's not the, oh, fingers crossed, I hope Brenda decides to go. That's usually not the way it works. So when you're thinking about retention of your staff, these ideas, these needs that followers have, like compassion, are important. And they connect directly to the same slash similar concepts in engagement. So Q3, do you have the opportunity to do what you do best every day? That's really talking about strengths there. 
what are your strengths, aka talents, and do you get the opportunity to use your talents actively on a daily basis? Does your supervisor know what your talents are and put you in position, or rather give you the opportunities to make sure that you are focusing on those talents throughout the day? And as in other episodes, this is true for you and the people you supervise, but it's also true for you and your relationship with your supervisor. So you can think about this on two different levels, whether or not your supervisor is giving this compassion to you and whether you are giving it to your team members. So Q4, in the last seven days, have you received recognition or praise for doing good work? Q5, does your supervisor or someone in the organization, and since we're talking supervisors here, hopefully it's the supervisor, care about you as a person? And I think that one, particularly when you talk about treating people as humans, the human beings they are, and does your supervisor care about you as a person? Like there's obviously a direct link there. Q6, Is there someone at work who encourages your development? It could be many people, but it should definitely be your supervisor because that idea of do you matter? Are you making a difference? Caring about you as a person, not just get this stuff done, but I want you to get this stuff done. But also let's think about your career trajectory. Where do you want to be in five years? What experiences can I offer you that will help you grow as a professional and as a human being. Q7, like I said, there are a lot of the Q12 that directly impact compassion. And for those of you who may have thought, and kind of I did when I heard it, like compassion, it seems very touchy-feely, very maybe the opposite of a business environment, even if that business happens to be in higher education, but it directly relates to these things. Q7, do your opinions seem to count? Again, that idea of making sure people know that they matter, and that would include their opinions, right? Q8, does the mission slash purpose of your company, of your institution, make you feel that your job is important? So again, do you matter? Do the things that you do every day as a human being contribute positively and make a difference to the institution? And Q10, do you have a best friend at work? And this is one of those questions that people are kind of like, what? That's weird. But again, it goes to this idea of belonging. It goes to this idea. And when you think about engagement, you're really talking about when you talk about engagement at the very core. And of course, there's long involved definitions and different ways to word this. But you're really talking about that psychological investment in your organization. And so knowing that that's important, and again, these aren't just things Gallup made up, like there's tons and tons of research behind this. And so having that best friend at work, I mentioned this not because I think that you as a supervisor should be everyone's best friend, but rather just to emphasize how important that human connection is, that idea of compassion when you're considering the well-being of your team the engagement of your team, and making sure those needs are met. Again, when we think of Maslow's, we're talking about that love and belonging and that feeling of esteem. And those are all interconnected 
when we talk about this idea of compassion. So how does one, as a supervisor, be more compassionate, establish this compassion between you and the people that you lead? And I think that some people might feel, and some people probably are guilty of, quote unquote, being so compassionate that they're kind of a doormat or that people just do whatever they want and they don't really listen to me as a supervisor because I'm, quote, too nice. And I think that there's a difference between compassion and being too nice, being a pushover, because compassion is just, you know, again, that quality of I value you not only because you can do this work, but because of who you are as a person. And the way that that plays out is going to be impacted by who we are as a person. If we have problems setting boundaries, if we have problems being assertive, if we have problems understanding what our role is as a supervisor, and what I mean by that is getting the training that we need to be effective in our roles. And I would say the vast majority of supervisors have gotten subpar, if any, training in that regard. And again, that's why we at Strengths University are so passionate about helping people make that leap from, oh, you're good with people. Why don't you be a supervisor to understanding what it is you need to do as a supervisor to be effective, to make that impact and to become one of these leaders that we're talking about, somebody who really makes a difference in their followers' lives. And so being compassionate is not about letting people do whatever they want. It's about understanding that we are all humans. We all make mistakes. We all have different things that we value and we bring to the table. We all have different talents. And when I acknowledge that as a leader, the ways in which you are talented and give you those opportunities to to use those talents, to expand those talents and grow and develop them, it makes me feel as a follower, like I do belong, and gives me that sense of esteem that makes me want to produce even more for this organization, and for the organization for sure, but even more so for you as a supervisor. Gallup has, again, done the research because that's what Gallup does, and 70% of engagement can be directly linked to the manager. And I'm sure you have heard some version of the statement that people don't leave organizations, they leave managers, they leave supervisors. And many of you have probably experienced this where you had to make that decision. I really love this institution. I love my students. I even love my coworkers. But I hate my supervisor. What do I do? I think a lot of us have been there. And so when we're talking about these needs that that followers have, It's this symbiotic relationship that we have with our employees, with our team members. We certainly need them to do certain things, which is why we hired them, but they also need things from us, things from that organization to make them want to give 110%, to really show up every day and be that engaged employee as opposed to one who's not engaged or disengaged that actively disengaged piece that we definitely want to avoid. And so when we think about what we can do as supervisors to show compassion, making sure that they matter and that they know that they matter 
help them connect what they do to the mission and goals of your institution. Talk about it. When they do good work, be sure that you recognize them. As a society, we talk about gratitude a lot, but we rarely take the time to actually thank people for the contributions that they have made. And I might add contributions in a way that only they could make. Yes, other people could do things, they could do tasks, but again, with a nod to this idea of talents and everyone has these unique talents, the people that are on your team are unique and they're bringing something to you that no one else could. So making sure when that work is good, we acknowledge it, is so important. And then taking the time to really help them understand and invest in those talents. Of course, I'm an advocate of Clifton Strengths. I think it's a pretty reasonably priced resource and tool. I definitely recommend that you as a supervisor taking that assessment, understanding it, and using it to hone your own leadership skills, supervisor skills, etc. But if possible, it's also fantastic to give that tool to your team because the better that you understand what their talents are, the more you're going to be able to hit many of these items. Helping people develop, knowing their talents can make you more effective at doing that. Giving people the opportunity to do what they do best, if you don't know what the talents of your team are, kind of hard to do that. And going back to this idea of do your opinions seem to count? I think that, and I've probably mentioned this before, there's the well-rounded leader myth that leaders should be good at everything. And kind of a corollary to that is leaders should know everything. And so sometimes when we want to appear that we're competent, like if we're kind of feeling a little insecure, we think we need to have a plan before we talk to our team about changes or a new project. We think, and this is not everybody, but I think that we often fall victim to this idea that, okay, there's this change coming up. I have to have all my ducks in a row before I can talk to my team so they know that I'm on top of it. Or we have this new project that my supervisor has put us in charge of. So I want to make sure I know everything before I go into this meeting to discuss it. So whenever people have questions, be like, got it, know it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. But in reality, when we're thinking about this idea of compassion, when we're thinking about making people know that they're valued, that they matter, that their opinions matter, sometimes, especially when we're thinking about this, this human connection, it's better to go in not necessarily having a plan, not necessarily knowing the quote unquote best way that you have figured out in the privacy of your office, but rather having a conversation with the people on your team because when you embrace this idea of strengths, and especially a strengths-based leader, you know that your authentic leadership style, the things that you do best, aren't everything. Isn't everything? Aren't everything? I don't know, whatever the grammar is there. Instead, you know that there are people on your team that you can rely on to bring different perspectives and different views from their strengths. And so when you approach these situations as conversations instead of commands, you are building this sense of compassion because people feel like, oh, well, we have this big change coming up and we know that it needs to happen. That's, that's not up for debate. But 
you as a leader are giving us a voice and honoring our unique perspectives and talents by seeing what we think might work best in this situation to achieve the goals that we need to achieve. It's fine if you as a supervisor, I want to make sure I know what all our expectations are. And we talk about expectations a lot during trainings, during these podcasts, that sort of thing. But that's very different. Knowing what the expectations are, the keeping the end in mind, that's different than coming locked and loaded with a plan, with all the quote unquote answers, because then you are kind of dismissing your team's ideas and the the unique perspectives and talents that they bring. So I want to keep this episode, well, around this time frame, quite frankly. So I don't want to go on and on about it, but when you're trying to establish more compassion with your team, it really is about honoring and respecting them as humans, as individuals with unique talents, and showing them that they matter, that their voice matters, that their opinions matter. And you can do that in a number of ways, but essentially knowing that you're all in it together. And the more that they feel that they do matter, the more they are going to produce for you. So when you think about a productivity situation, it's not, oh, I'm being so quote unquote compassionate that I get walked all over and nobody listens to me and we're not very productive. It's just the opposite. When you know how to set expectations, when you know how to hold people accountable, and when you know how to do so with compassion, with this idea that let's get people's input, let's get people's feedback and see it from a diverse perspective of talents to figure out the best way for us as a team to move forward and reach those objectives. And then you're following that up with the recognition they deserve for doing that good work. And then you're going further and, hey, I know that you're really good at X and we have this thing coming up. Would you want to be in charge of this area that would really highlight your talent? Giving your team those opportunities, it's going to increase their engagement and it's going to make them want to be more productive for you, for the students, for the institution. It is, again, just like trust, a win, win, win. I don't remember how many wins there were in trust. I think it was four wins. But it's going to be better for you as a supervisor. It's going to be better for them as human beings. It's going to be better for the rest of your team because they're going to get along better and they're not going to have to worry about other people not doing their jobs. And it's, of course, going to be better for students. When you have this engaged team that also, you know, our students are under so much stress and they need compassion too. And when compassion is given to your team, it's going to make them more likely to be compassionate to your students, which is, of course, going to impact retention. All these things are very interconnected. So it's really hard to talk about one without bringing in all these other things. Hopefully this episode has given you a better look at what compassion really means in this environment, why it's important, and how you can do it on a daily basis to make your team more productive, more engaged, and again, win, 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 win. Next week, we're going to be hitting stability. That's the third of the four basic needs of followers. 
And so until then, think about how you can start building more compassion between you and your team. And if you like, can reflect on how much compassion you feel like you're getting from your supervisor. Or if that bums you out, maybe don't do that. That's up to you. Until next week, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.